welcome to New Community Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to hear today's message. We are encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to touch lives. If you have a story to share or a prayer request for our prayer team, please email us at connect at newcommunity.co. Now please prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, church, and Merry Christmas. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, my name is Aaron, and I am the lead pastor here at NCC, and we're so excited that you're with us this morning. Um, Once again, if it's your first time, thanks for worshiping with us. I'm just a few days out from Christmas, and we're excited that you're here with us and hopefully enjoying yourself. And we're in our third week of this series called Tis the Season. And in this series, we're talking about everything that goes with this series and um, spending time together with family and all of the Christmas parties, that being the joy of the season and sharing with one another the gifts that we give to each other, all of those things. And Today we're going to look at that and continue talking about that, of this being a season of peace inside of our life and and what that means with Christ coming and how that brings peace inside of each and every one of us. And we're going to start this message the same way that we've started the past few. I'm going to ask if you would reach in front of you and grab the card that says sermon notes or if you're taking notes on your phone, um, you can get that out. And we've been asking God that in this season, as we look at all of these different things, the joy of the season, the hope of the season, um, Um, sharing in this season that God would show us who he's placed around us that we could um, give the meaning of this season to. And so I'm going to ask you to once again to pause or if you're doing this for the first time, you can jump in with us and and just take a moment and write down the name of someone that you know that is in need this Christmas season. They may be in need financially, maybe someone who's um, they don't have peace in their life because of a financial need and they're worried about that. It could be someone that's alone. They don't have peace in their life this Christmas season because they're experiencing um, loneliness inside of them. They may have lost a family member this year. They may have just recently moved into this area, and so they're away from friends and family this year. And so just take a moment, write down the name of someone that you feel like God's encouraging you or that you can reach out to this holiday season. And our prayer is that we wouldn't just give kind of anonymous gifts, that we wouldn't just drop in money as we go past the Salvation Army or drop a toy in at the shopping mall, although we should be doing all of those things, that God would open up our eyes this Christmas season and that we could see who he has placed around us and how we can share the power and the meaning of this holiday season with people um, who are hurting or maybe who are experiencing brokenness this time of the year. And so I want to challenge you again this week as we talk through this message of God bringing peace inside of our life. Begin to think about that name that you've written down, about someone in your workplace, about a family member, um, a friend that you say, hey, I could reach out to. God could use me this week to reach out and to bring the truth of this message of what Christmas means in their life. And so that's what we're asking for God to do, um, to show us that inside of each of our lives. And as I mentioned today, we're going to be talking about tis the season of peace. So we're going to look at this idea and what um, the coming of Christ means to us as it relates to to peace inside of our life. Now, I remember growing up, um, we always had a number of different pets. And I don't know, is are any of you guys dog people in this room? Okay, I'm with you. I'm sorry if you're a cat person, but I hate cats, okay? Just need to announce that. I'm allergic to them. And we were just never really cat people. We always had dogs growing up. And whenever I was younger, I remember we had um, these two larger dogs. They weren't in the house with us, but they played out in the yard. And And we were so excited, like we loved these dogs, we'd play with them all the time. I assumed they were ours, but I found out just a few weeks before Christmas one year that they belonged to a family um, 
friend of ours that were missionaries in the Philippines. And when they came back right before Christmas, they took the dogs with them. And so we were really upset. My brother and I, um, we were just little kids at that point, but we were so upset because we didn't have any dogs to play with anymore. And when my, our mom sat us down that year and talked to us about what we wanted to get our dad for Christmas, we had the perfect gift idea. We said, hey, let's get another family dog. Like my dad was hard to shop for. And so we thought, hey, we'll just get a family dog. This will be a great gift. And so we drove to this person's house. We opened up the door. We looked inside of this box and there was this small, white, little furry ball. And we knew this was the perfect family dog for us. We were so excited. And so this couple, they kept the dog for a few days. And on Christmas morning, we woke up early and we snuck out of the house. My mom drove us over there. We picked up the dog and we brought it home and we surprised my dad. And so my dad was so excited. He loved the dog. And we said, Dad, we've named this dog for you. We're going to name the dog Christmas. It's a perfect name because um, we got it for you as a Christmas gift. It was like this little white furry ball, so it looked like snow. So we thought of Christmas time. We thought this is the perfect gift um, or the perfect name for this dog. And so we instantly kind of had this attachment with the dog. We loved him. We played together all that day and over the next few weeks. And it was probably about a week and a half later that we were inside the house with my mom and we were doing some things and my dad was outside and um, he had a handgun and he was doing some target practice. And he had set up this little cardboard box with the target on it and some hay bales and he was um, shooting the gun and reloading it and shooting it and I can't remember what we were doing inside. But all of a sudden we heard a couple of gunshots and then we heard the sound, you guys. It was a yelp and then a whimper and we knew what had happened. We ran out of the house like we opened up the doors, we ran outside, and I saw this, my dad over the ground, like kneeling over this dog, just like sobbing. Now, my dad, he doesn't cry a lot, like growing up, I don't remember him crying a lot. If he prays over our family, like he'll cry, or if he talks about how much he loves us, or how proud he is of us, but a lot of other times, he doesn't cry, but man, there were just these big tears just coming down his face, and he's sobbing as he's kneeling over this dog, and as we come up on the scene, he's like praying, like he's speaking in tongues, like man, praying in the spirit, like he's just calling life back into this dog as he's kneeling over them. And we're devastated as we walk up on the scene. And the dog had gotten scared when he had heard the gunshots and snuck behind the cardboard box and my dad didn't see it. And so we rushed the dog to the veterinarian. They do everything they can, but they can't do anything to save the dog. And so for a few days, like we're just, man, we're just distraught over this. We, we'd lost this dog. And you guys, that was the year that my dad killed Christmas, okay? And in that moment, it was, we didn't laugh in that moment, okay, because it wasn't funny. In that moment, it was so hard, it was so difficult. Now when we're around the holidays, sometimes we'll a joke about that, kind of the irony that this dog's, dog's name was Christmas and that my dad had accidentally um, killed him. And, and we'll joke about that sometimes, about how horrible that was. And I started to think, you know, in our life around the Christmas season, how we experience loss lost in a number of different ways, and different things happen, and we do, we face difficult circumstances sometimes in our life, and it feels like we've lost peace in moments. Because of the busyness of the season or because of different things happening, we can feel like, hey, we don't have the peace of that Christmas season in our life um, or present with us as we go through this holiday time. But I want to look at Scripture, and I want to look at what God's Word says about peace coming into our life. And what it means that Jesus was born and how that brought peace to each and every one of us. No matter what the circumstances are, no matter what the situation you are facing, that God promises peace inside of our life, but sometimes it looks different than we think. So if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Isaiah. 
And we're going to start reading at chapter 9 in the book of Isaiah. And we pick up in this story, in this book of Isaiah, Isaiah is a prophet. And so there are times that God gives him a word. God gives him a direct message for the people of God. He says something through the prophet Isaiah that he wants his people to know. And so in this passage, Isaiah doesn't live, the t- live during the time of Jesus being born. He's actually hundreds of years before that time. But the prophet begins to see in the future, and he gives this prophecy, this prophetic word, for what God wants to say to his people about him sending his son. And this is what it says in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. If you have your Bibles, you can underline that. Or if you have a Bible from the seat in front of you, you can underline that right there. Of the government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. So Isaiah is saying, hey, there's going to be a time where God is going to give his son, where a child is going to be born, and it's going to bring in this time of peace. He's going to come and he's going to change things. It's going to alter the time that we live in and the situation that we live in. But for the years and the months and the weeks leading up to the birth of Jesus, it did not seem like a peaceful time. Those people living in that moment did not sense peace over their life. A matter of fact, their life was full of worry and anxiety and stress because of the time that they've lived in. I mentioned this um, over the past few weeks, but they lived in a time where they were oppressed by the Roman government. You probably remember that from your ninth grade history class, but this is the time where the Roman government, the Roman Empire, was expanding all over the world, and they were conquering nation, and they were gaining ground, but for the people that they were conquering, it wasn't peaceful. The Roman government said, Pax Romana, this is peace for everyone, but for the nations that they were coming across, it wasn't peace, it was oppression, it was loss, it was devastation, because the Roman government would come into a town, and if you did not do what they told you to do, they would kill you. The roads were lined with crosses, with the crucifix of people as a sign to remind anyone, if you don't follow what the Roman government says, there's death waiting for you. And so for the people of God living in Israel at that time that were under the oppression of the Roman government, they weren't seeing the peace of God in their life. They weren't seeing that present in their everyday situation. They were only seeing the oppression of the Roman government. It was taxation. They were living in dire circumstances. They were under financial hardship because the Roman government would tax them 70 to 80 percent. And so it wasn't peace. It was financial stress about how you were going to take care of your family and how you were going to provide. So it didn't seem like the peace that Isaiah was talking about was present there. Caesar declared himself God and ruled that everyone should worship him. So it didn't matter what religion or where you were at. You had to bow your knee to Caesar and declare that he was Lord, that he was the son of God come to bring peace on this earth. And so the people living the weeks before Jesus were born, they were crying out, God, when? When, God, you spoke through the prophet Isaiah, when is that going to happen? God, when are you going to come and deliver this peace that you promised would be here, that you promised that we would see? Because we don't see peace anywhere. We simply see violence 
and oppression and worry and anxiety inside of our life. And their cry was, God, come, send us a warrior, send us some leader of an army. God, send us someone who will fight for us and will destroy the Roman Empire. We'll wage a war on them and we'll push them back. We'll kick them out of our country. And God, that's how peace will be established. It'll actually be established through war. They imagined that some king would come like King David in the Old Testament, who you read about, who fought a giant named Goliath. And and he, with a slingshot, he slew the giant. And he won freedom for the people of God over the Philistine army. And that's what they imagined. God, you're going to send us some warrior. You're going to send someone that will establish this earthly kingdom, God. And that's how peace will come about in our life. But that's not what Isaiah says. See, actually, this general, this warrior that they were probably praying for and that they were looking for, that's not how God said he was going to bring about peace. He said peace is actually going to come through a child. Through a baby being born. And this peace will not be established in some external way. It's not going to be some government. It's not going to be some king on a throne. It's not going to be some nation or some country, country's borders or boundaries. That's not how peace is going to be established. Through Isaiah, he was prophesying and he was saying, hey, the peace that you need isn't in the exterior things in your life. It's actually on the inside. I'm coming and I'm sending my son. Not to bring peace to all of the chaos all around you, but to start by bringing peace inside of your heart, inside of your life. How is this peace going to last forever? Because governments come and governments go. This peace is going to last because it doesn't have to do with everything all around you. It has to do with understanding and trusting God that he's working on the inside of us. That he's doing something deep inside of our heart in the place where we truly need peace, in the place where peace has to start, it's on the inside. And so he said, hey, peace isn't going to come through some government. It's actually going to come through my son. I'm giving you my son and he's going to come and he's going to establish salvation and peace inside of your life. And so like the people of God, like the Israelites in the time that Jesus was born, our story is similar to theirs. Now, we're not facing some probably imperialist government, some dictator that's ruling over us. We don't have to worry about violence or oppression in that same way that they did with soldiers that had occupied their country. But for us, sometimes we lack peace in this holiday season for other reasons. Like, you know that you're going to get the Christmas season off. You know you're going to have a few days maybe where you don't have to go into work or you're going to have a week of traveling with family, but it seems like you're so busy the few weeks before and the few weeks after, like you're working 70 or 80 hours a week just trying to make sure that you have everything caught up so you can enjoy these one or two days away with family. And so it's just so busy trying to make sure that nothing slips through the cracks, that you have everything in place before you go. And so it could seem like you don't have peace. Maybe for you, you're, you're dreading, like peace has been taken away from you. Peace isn't there because of relatives that are going to be in town. Maybe for you, like the Christmas vacation, you have Cousin Eddie, right? That's going to come over and park his RV in front of your house and tell you that he's staying there for a few days. Maybe you know you're not getting the perfect gift, okay? There is not going to be a Red Ryder BB gun shot action underneath your, your Christmas tree. You guys, do you not watch Christmas movies? Come on, the Christmas story. This stuff is good. Okay, so I don't know what it is. I don't know whatever situation or what you're going through, but sometimes things happen in our life around this holiday season where we don't experience peace, where it seems like that's been taken from us. For others, as I look across this room, it's because you've lost someone this year. 
And this holiday season brings up that memory that that person's not with you, that that family member, that close friend, that they're not present with you and you're going to go through this holiday season hurting or alone. Maybe this isn't the first season, but it's another reminder of the past few years that that person isn't there in your life. For some of you, it's a broken relationship with a parent, with a child, with a sibling, with someone that you used to be close to, but you don't really talk to them anymore. Your relationship is estranged. There's not a conversation there, and you feel that around the holiday season that's supposed to be full of joy. It's like you lack peace because you understand that brokenness is there. And we can try, like those people during the time of Christ, to think if we could just change these external factors, God, if that person wouldn't have passed away, if we wouldn't have lost that person, God, or if this would have happened, or if that would have happened, God, then maybe we would have more peace in our life. But the story of Christ coming isn't the story of everything on the outside of our life being perfect. It's in the midst of brokenness, in the midst of a difficult time that God comes. His son enters into our life, enters into our heart to bring peace in the deepest areas of our life where we need it the most. That's the power of the Christmas story. It's that peace is found in the person of Christ. It's that peace is found in a baby being born all of those thousands of years ago. And that simple truth, it doesn't, it's not that his birth changed everything on the outside. It's not that it overthrowed the, Ro- the Roman government right away, but it's that his birth brought peace on the inside of people's hearts, on the inside of their life. It's that God gave his son so that internally we could know peace, even while we're facing difficult times, difficult circumstances and situations. So it doesn't have to do with the government. It doesn't have to do with how noisy your house is or how not noisy it is. It doesn't have to do with your bank account or with what relatives are in your life. Peace starts with the child, with the baby being born, with Jesus coming and giving himself to the world in this idea of salvation and redemption that God is present in our life that he is Emmanuel God with us that he wants to be close to us brings peace even in the most difficult circumstances because we know that we don't face them alone that God is present with us so what does that look like this holiday season for you well it looks like this it may mean re-engaging with the story I know you see the story all the time. You see it on the Christmas cards. You see it in the nativity scene. You understand that there's a baby there, that it represents Jesus. But have you engaged with the story again? As you're singing those songs, do you understand the power of the words that you're singing? That Christ has come and through our brokenness, through our sinful nature, that God has brought salvation and redemption into the world. Because that truth right there brings peace even in difficult moments in our life. Church, have you re-engaged with the story? It may mean that at some point during this week before December 25th, you open up the Bible and you read again this powerful story that meant so much 2,000 years ago, but changes us even today that God has sent his son into the world. It means that you draw close to God Not that you just see him from a distance under a Christmas tree or in a nativity scene, but that you engage with him on a personal level, that you worship him, that you talk to him, that at some point you get down on your knees and you begin to draw close to God, not just allowing Christ to be born in a manger all of those years ago, but saying, God, I want to invite you into my life today, God, in this moment, this week, 
in my workplace, in the frustrations of work, in the frustrations of sometimes my family. God, I'm inviting you to be close to me. God, don't be distant. See, the word of God says that Emmanuel, God with us. If you want peace in your life, you have to draw close to God. For some of us, it may mean pausing and crying at people that we've lost, at relationships that are broken. But not only remembering that, but remembering in this brokenness that God is close. The word of God says that, that he's with you in the midst of your suffering. He's with you, with you in the midst of your grieving, of your loss. That God doesn't separate himself from us, but he draws close to us. So while you're remembering that person, know that God is there. If you want his peace in your life, remember he is close to you. He draws close to us. For others, you may be sitting there saying, Aaron, I, I understand what you're saying, but that doesn't really apply to me. I, I haven't lost someone this year. I'm not in a financial hardship. Like I'm not in a difficult situation right now. I can't think of any broken relationships really that I have. Like I can't think of anything like that in my life. Then my challenge to you this Christmas season is, who are you sharing that with? See, if you've really, if the peace of God is present in your life, if you've really accepted that for yourself, then you understand it's not just for you. It's not just about your own personal life, but Christ came. Why? What does he say to the shepherds? What did the angels say? This is good news of great joy to everyone who will hear this. So if you're in a place where you've understood the peace of God in your life, you have to share it with other people. Jesus coming not only makes a difference in your life, it should change the people around you. It should change people in your workplace. And don't miss out this Christmas season by receiving the gift for yourself and not sharing it with anyone that God has placed around you. So for some of you, it may not just be experiencing that peace in your life, but who can you give that to? How can you share the story? How can you share with others and allow them to enter into what Christ has done this holiday season? Because he came to bring peace inside of our life. So as we look back in a culture 2,000 years ago that was experiencing fear and worry and anxiety because the Roman government was oppressing them. And today in our time, in our society, as we look around and we're overwhelmed by worry, we're overwhelmed by stress, we look at finances and the busyness of this life, and sometimes we feel like we're lacking peace, God sends us his son to show us that this is the season of peace. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulders. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace on the throne of David and over his kingdom. He will establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think, What could the angel mean? 
Don't be frightened, Mary, the angel told her. God has chosen to bless you. You will become pregnant and have a son, and you're to name him Jesus. He will be a very great man, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. But Mary answered the angel, How can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby born to you will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. While Mary was still a virgin, she became pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her fiancé, being a just man, decided to break the engagement quietly so as not to disgrace her publicly. As he considered this, he fell asleep, and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do, do not be afraid to go ahead with your marriage to Mary, for the child in her has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Behold, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. He will be called Emmanuel, meaning God with us. This prophecy from Isaiah 7, 14 was given 700 years before Jesus was born. So when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. He brought Mary home to be his wife, but she remained a virgin until her son was born. And at that time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. All returned to their own towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. David's ancestral home. He traveled from the village of Nazareth in Galilee and took with him Mary, his wife, who was great with child. And as they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her first child, a son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in the manger. That night, there were shepherds in the field outside the village, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terribly afraid, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news of great joy for everyone. A Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David. And this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host from heaven, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The angels left, and the shepherds said to each other, come, let us go to Bethlehem and see this wonderful thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And so they ran to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger. The shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about the child. 
all who heard this story were astonished. But Mary kept these things in her heart, and the shepherds went back to their fields and flocks, glorifying and praising God. Jesus was born in the town of Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. And at that same time, wise men came from the east to Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn, the king of the Jews? For we have seen his star that arose and have come to worship him. Herod was deeply disturbed by this question, as was all of Jerusalem. And so he called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of the religious law. Where did the prophets say the Messiah will be born? He asked. In Bethlehem, they said. For this is what the prophet wrote, O Bethlehem of Judea, you're not just a lowly village of Judah, for a ruler will come to you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. This prophecy is found in Micah 5 and verse 2. In 2 Samuel chapter 5, verse 2, both were written 700 years before Jesus was born. So Herod sent a message to the wise men asking them to come and see him. And at this meeting, he learned the exact time when they first saw the star. And he told them, go to Bethlehem, search diligently for the child. And when you find him, come and tell me that I may go and worship him too. So after this meeting, the wise men went on their way, and once again the star appeared to them, guiding them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy, and they entered the house where the child and his mother were. They fell down and worshipped him. They opened their treasure chests, and they gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And when it was time to leave, they went another way, because God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. After the wise men had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother. The angel said, stay there until I tell you to return because Herod will try and kill the child. That very night, Joseph left for Egypt with the child and Mary, and they stayed there until Herod's death. This fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Out of Egypt have I called my son. Herod was furious, and when he learned the wise men had outwitted him, he sent soldiers to kill all the baby boys in and around Bethlehem, who were two years old and under, because the wise men had told him that was the time the star had first appeared to them, about two years before. Then later, when Herod died, God's angel appeared to them again in a dream, to Joseph in Egypt, get up and take the child and his mother and return to Israel. All those who, who wish to murder the child are dead. So Joseph obeyed. He arose and took the child and his mother and re-entered Israel. And when he had heard that Herod's son had taken over as king in Judea, he was afraid to go there. 
So then Joseph was directed in a dream to go to the hills of Galilee. And on arriving there, he settled in a village of Nazareth, fulfilling the words of the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is the story of Christmas. This is the reason that we celebrate. This is the reason that we have joy. This is the reason that we have hope and peace. This is the reason that we share around this time of the year. It's because God has come and his coming signifies salvation. It signifies redemption. It means a new hope and a fresh start in each and every one of our lives that will receive his gift and that will understand the true meaning of Christmas. That a baby being born over 2,000 years ago makes all the difference in the world to us, even all of these years later, that it changes us. It changes the world around us because God loved us and has given us the gift of his son. Church, I want to pray for you this morning. I'm going to ask if you would bow your head and close your eyes with me this morning. And you may be in this room, and as we've talked through this message, as we've looked at Scripture, you may be saying, Aaron, I'm lacking that peace that you're talking about. My life looks like the people around the time that Jesus was born. It's full of stress. It's full of worry. The holiday season doesn't feel like a time of peace for me. And if that's you, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to respond to God's gift of salvation in your life, to the gift of a fresh start. I'm going to ask you in a moment to get out of your seat and to come forward to the altar and to meet me right here so I can pray for you. The Word of God is very clear. Jesus came because we're all sinful, because we were broken. We're all in desperate need of a Savior, and there's nothing we can do on our own. We can't fix our lives on our own. We can't fix our mistakes on our own and so that's why God's son was born as a baby that's why he gave his life on the cross that's why he died for you and for me so that we can know the salvation and the redemption of Christ so that we could understand and accept God's gift of eternal life and if that's you in the room this morning without anyone looking around you know God is doing something in your heart you know you need to respond you need a fresh start on life you need a fresh start in your relationship with God. If that's you, would you just stand up right where you're at and come forward to the altar? I want to pray for you. You know you need God's peace. Thank you. Thank you. If God's speaking to your heart, respond right now. Accept his gift of life. He's offering, offering his gift of salvation this morning. So church, I'm going to ask if you would pray this with me, whether you're saying it for the first time or whether you've prayed this before, repeat this prayer after me if you would. Jesus, I come to you. I'm in need of a fresh start. I need your peace in my life. So this morning I receive your gift. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. Be the savior of my life. Be the Lord of my life. Give me a fresh start. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Church, can we put our hands together and celebrate and rejoice with these that made that decision?
Hey, we want to take just a quick moment, and we just want to pray with you. And, and Keith and Lynn are here. If you would just take a moment and go over here. We have a gift that we want to give you. We are so excited for the decision that you made today. If you'll just go with them, yes. And while they're doing that, while they're taking a moment and, and we're praying with them, I want to pray for all of us. Whether you're here this morning and you're going through a difficult time and you need the peace of God in your life, you know Him as your Savior, you know Him as your Lord, but this holiday season you need peace, I want to pray for you. For those of you that this season God is calling you to share that with others, to give the gift of His salvation, to give the message of hope to people around you, I want to pray that this week God would use you wherever you're at with family members and with friends to spread the hope of this season to others. So church, let's pray together. God, thank you for this story, Lord. It's over 2,000 years old, but it is just as powerful today as it was, God, on the day that all of these events unfolded, Lord. And this morning, God, I pray for those in this room, Lord, that have experienced loss. God, they're going through a financial hard time, God. There's broken relationships in their life, Lord. God, I speak peace this morning. God, I speak peace this morning over their life. God, do a miracle in their life this week. God, show up in a supernatural way, God. Lord, on the inside, on, on the inside of us, God, bring your peace. God, help us to trust and that our hope is in you. Lord, for each and every one of us, let us share the power of this story in our workplace, God. Lord, with family members and with friends that we're going to be around this week, God. Lord, help us to spread your message of hope and of joy, God, and of what you're doing. Lord, let us share that with others and let it make all the difference in the world, God. We pray this in your name. Amen.